Welcome to the Super Novice Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, B. Hannibal, and I am here to talk to you about some really interesting things that I've come across in my creative journey as well as just try to relate some tips and tricks that may seem to be useful. Um... Also, one of these days, I'll have a tagline that I can just spout out at the beginning of the episode. But until then, welcome. So, today's episode, like many others, is along something that I am interested in and I kind of come across and deal with a little bit. So, today is about creating things for... Well, actually, almost any reason. The primary thing that I'm going to go on is just as a dungeon master, game master for tabletop games. This is something I've seen quite a few people do really interesting things, both positive and negative, as well as kind of like add a little bit extra work we're unnecessary and i'm relatively lazy as a dungeon master so that's where i am thinking uh yeah you're doing you're doing like 30 percent more work so just so we're clear i have been playing tabletops for the last decade or so uh not just Dungeons and Dragons, but World of Darkness, Anima, and a couple of other smaller one-shots like Big Eye, Small Mouth, a uh, random one that was completely and utterly somebody else's thing, and I don't even think I got the name of the tabletop, so on and so forth. I've been playing tabletops for quite some time, and they can be really interesting, especially when you get the chance to sit down and just have some fun with friends. I feel tabletops are a great way for friends to have a way to spend time together as well as a good way for new friends to be built upon but this is where i kind of give that little bit of advice i've noticed especially among myself and some other people and just how some people may come across tabletops that sometimes overworking can be an issue now i've noticed that even for myself that i would prepare too much far past the scope of what i need for the session and i would be holding myself too too much for said session a good example of what i mean is that there's a few videos that talk about uh, Matt Mercer as a DM. And one of the things that they say about him that I find really interesting is that they say that he's a master of rules. He knows his rules pretty well, and he'll make the call, and his players will just respect that in most cases. And even when they think he may be wrong, they'll still respect his call, right? And 
sometimes I overprepare, overthink, and hold myself so much accountable to the things that are going on within the story that are forced because I say was running a module at the time. I don't relax and just have a general idea and can move forward. Again, with even the Matt Mercer example, there's plenty of episodes where you, you can watch him running a D&D campaign and he has to pull out the rule book. He has to pull out the player's handbook. Even when you look at the table that he's running, there's one player in the most recent campaign who's playing a wizard who literally has the player's handbook in front of him all the time. So even if Matt didn't have a player's handbook on his side of the GM screen, there's a player's handbook on the table for quick reference and stuff like that. That's not always used against him, and it's not rule lawyered against him. It's just one of those things where it's like, eh, you have somebody who knows the rules well enough, who's sitting confident, sitting, and the player's respecting what he says at the thing. So yeah, it's cool. I like that. I'm getting at the idea that sometimes you can be so held bent on getting that story across, trying to match exactly what was pre-written, that you don't really relax and allow the story that is coming up. It can put a lot of stress on you when you do it that way versus when you just relax and allow the story that's coming up. Now, mind you, that depends on the type of game that you guys are playing. I am more of a relaxed kind of person. I don't like going from one combat encounter to another um, solely because of the fact that if it's going from one combat encounter to another, I might as well pop in a fighting game and, you know, remove this D&D shit out the way. So I, I really do like my RPG. Like when I played Final Fantasy as a kid, when I played Dragon Warrior as a kid, when I played nondescript RPG number 13 on my Game Boy, you know, that aged the hell out of me just there. When I played those games, I didn't play it so that way I can get to the next fight. That wasn't why I was there. I wanted to experience the world. I wanted to experience the story and the weird shit that you can come up with. One of the main reasons why I fell in love with One Piece after I fell in love with One Piece was because of the fact that there was a cover photo of the crew eating a bunch of stuff. And the thing that stuck with me was a banana shaped. And for all intents and purposes, banana, watermelon. It was a watermelon color, banana shape, peeled like a banana, but watermelon on the inside. I found that amazing and loved the idea. I loved the combination of thought process. And that's where I get into. So taking those times and moments to relax and come across that. Now, me, as a dungeon master, I have found that it's actually becoming a little bit easier the more I relax, the more 
I just let things happen, the less I try to force and the less I try to hold on to thought processes. So a grand example of what I mean is that right now, uh, my players have done something that is a full curveball. And they ended up going a direction that I did not expect them to go. So I took the information that they should get if they had gone the direction I expected them to go. I used that to try to inform them of the direction that they should go. Maybe they skip an entire thing altogether. Maybe they don't. But because of the fact that they they didn't get that information, they didn't understand it, then the thing that moves next will be they find out maybe what that information was. Maybe they move forward overall. So what? My relaxing, my pulling back, my not needing to be on the script that is written has allowed me to have a much more interesting game. Over the last three sessions of my game have been essentially that scene in a movie where they rewind and show you another character's perspective as things are happening. And it has been ridiculous. First, one group was causing a ruckus, failing at a stealth uh, infiltration, and made a huge amount of noise and managed to get away. Second, the party member that was absent from that had gone up, saw the commotion that was happening. They had gone around to see the party members that were escaping from earlier. The prisoners that were captured were saved because of the fact of all the ruckus that had gone on. And then he ended up assisting in their escape. So they fully got away solely because of him. And then he had to make a mad dash a nice chunk later and ended up hiding in the grasslands nearby. And then another character who was separated from all of that ended up getting captured, ended up finding the person that they were looking for, and ended up being able to save him and get out during the ruckus that was being caused by the first group and right before the events of what happened with the second group. Now, everything makes sense. The reason why the prisoners were able to get away was because of the craziness that was going on. The reason why the people that got captured, uh, my players that got captured, was able to get away was because of the fact that these prisoners that were escaping at the moment, they, they seemed like they were making a break for it, 
and the events of what had happened very much only technically a few minutes beforehand drew all the guard towers attention away from them so they were able to get out of there with the technically more valuable prisoner and i did that i did all of that storytelling and playing over three sessions technically solely because of the fact that i was just not being pigeonholed to the book i was not being pigeonholed into the story that i had written and just let the world unfold naturally. I have players that are on different time zones and different situations where they have to drop in and drop out. And so by electing to naturally react to their dropping in, forced it to to be a real situation where they came up and it was a oh shit, you're affecting the world. And because of the fact that I'm pretty good, this is a thing that I'm good at. Understanding uh, timing and placement uh, of actual people, I made a very interesting thing for my players to now have this conversation where if the three respective groups were to talk about that night, they would end up realizing that they had ended up saving each other and caused and caused the overarching success all by accident. The two players that felt like a big failure with the first event ended up becoming the primary reason for success. I use their failure as a catalyst to build up somebody else's success. And so therefore, their failure was technically their biggest success. That's why I kind of like to say for anybody that is running a game is that what you've written down is cool. But what is remembered is the story that gets told with you and your friends. Very few people out there, and I do mean very few, are going to be able to anticipate exactly what their friends are going to do. And I do mean very few. And so just going with that weird thing and using the strengths that you know you have, there's Everybody has one. Everybody has at least one strength that is just straight up, this is a thing I'm good at. Me, I've always been good at logical thinking, relatively good at spatial awareness, and very keen on remembering people based off of physical descriptions. So when dealing with things, I, as a GM, the best thing I can do is understand the spatial awareness and the timing and making that sound even cooler. The domino effect of my three groups of players made for a much more interesting night than me holding to the book of the raid from before, where the player's actions didn't really separate, and so therefore it didn't really make for a better story. And mind you, that's the first round. 
I'm going to try to figure out how to make this better. There's got to be a way where I can turn that into an even better format. And that's even more exciting. I can't wait to figure out a way to turn a four-player game session into a, a actual thing. Maybe I'll run a heist one-shot where I actually have the players trying to make decisions separately without actually talking to each other until they're in the same room. And that may be interesting, you know? So, man, I feel like that was the entire episode. <laughs> but I do want to get at the the thing that I guess is actionable. I'll give you some actionable tips. First thing, have a decent understanding of what you're working with. Whether it be a completely handwritten story or whether it be a module, it doesn't matter. What matters is the actionable part. If it's a module, then read enough of it where you understand the layout, you understand the primary events, and you can move forward. You don't need to read it all the way through, which, by the way, I recommend any module that you read all the way through from beginning to end once because that changes how you interact with characters. A good example is Horde of the Dragon Queen. There's a few characters that you can make them sound as intimidating and as big boss as you want. And if they die early, it doesn't really change anything. But there's some characters where you want them to sound almost scheming, maniacal. They can sound big boss. Yes, you can make them sound big, bad, and so on because they have bigger plans. Changes how you have that character interact with the player. And that can happen with any module, any story that has a, a character that is set for longer terms, which, for what it's worth, is that state right? But you also don't want to make them a crownie. And a crownie is an old term from Oblivion, which was essentially characters that were important to the story of Oblivion, so they couldn't die. And as cool as that can be, it also like makes things kind of less interesting, because you know that character is important. You say, oh, okay, you're a crownie, cool. In the game before Oblivion, Morrowind, important characters could die, and you would just get a little piece of text on the bottom of your screen, and now it would just be like, oh, you can't finish this quest. In D&D, important characters should be able to die. You, As a GM, you should make it hard for them, but they should be able to die, and therefore, you should be able to just go, cool, how do I handle this? How do I make that make sense if they need to come back? Or how do I just keep them alive and show that they could not do anything? And so make your understanding of your world relatively tangible and decent. It doesn't need to be expert because 
the players are going to change a lot of things. So you don't need to have a mathematical understanding, but anything that is highlighted and important, you should have. And if you're reading a module, write down or separate anything that you feel you need. A good example for me is that whenever describing a room or the layouts, I like writing that down myself. So that way I have it in my head. And it's also a little bit easier because it's separate. It is on a piece of paper that is separate that I can read off and I can highlight when it matters. And also it allows me to think about the coming rooms because the way D&D has it is that they put the room descriptions first, then they talk about the rooms that you're going into. So it allows me to highlight the coming rooms in my head. Next, you would want to figure out that combination that you like. I like a good percentage of going with the flow, using real logic, and not fake logic. I hate fake logic. Uh, <laughs> using real world logic or a assimilation of that. A good example is uh, real world logic doesn't apply to spells, but assimilation of that. So a player asked me yesterday, do verbal make it uh, loud? It's like, it's audible. It, you're not shouting unless you want to shout, but the verbal component of a spell is audible. So people that are within normal speaking range should be able to hear you, even if you just mumble it. Like that, that that is still audible to the point where somebody can hear it and they may pick up that as a spell. Reason why he was asking that was because he was currently in a tent trying to cast a spell so that way they can get out. And so he was trying to figure out how he was going to navigate where he was. And so I got that. And because there's a thing called subtle spell, which literally makes spells inaudible. You don't need to use the verbal component at all. So essentially, I would consider the verbal component being only thought. So you only have to think the words and therefore you cast a spell. So using that logic, that ver subtle spell does exist. That means that you'd still have to say incantations even if they're a whisper even if they're you know an audible but you can also shout these things you can just shout the spell's name thunderbolt uh and yeah that could be also the reason try to combine the two pieces of information don't get too caught up in the prefix of the game the stuff that you prepared the night, week, month before, right? Don't get too caught up in that. Get caught up in the ridiculous joke that your friend is telling. And because you're the GM, I understand that you're going to be constantly thinking while players are talking. Sometimes you're thinking about how to respond. Sometimes you're thinking about what this character would respond to all of this. Sometimes you're thinking about when is the right time to drop this piece of information. It, it, it can be a multitude of things. 
but never get too caught up in that. I say all that to kind of leave this last piece with you as, as a GM and something that I, I wish to be able to do right now. I can't do, but I definitely am, am planning on doing this, which is just have moments where the players get to just play with each other as the GM, because of the fact that you are the world, because of the fact that you are just the everything to this group, you kind of start to feel like you're the most important player that you need to react and be on everything and so on. And a lot of times I react and say things too soon. I respond to players too soon. And it's because of the fact that I'm not responding as a GM or responding as a person that's like, no, you idiot. That's not how that works. Or what the hell? No, <laughs> you should not be jumping off of, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm responding as the player, uh, not the game master. And sometimes, and sometimes that's fine. But a lot of times I feel like I can be stepping into a realm that I should definitely kind of like pull back off of because the players themselves don't always get to interact with each other. When I say they don't always interact with each other, like they have spells, they fight and so on and so forth. But when you make a character, whether or not you're, you feel that you're really creative or that you don't feel that you're creative, whether or not your character is literally just you in a fantasy setting or the 400th character that you've come up with this month, the players don't get to interact with each other except in moments of respite. I, I always feel that it's, it's best to give the players a moment where they can just interact with each other without consequence, without too much to worry about. And that's where I'm also personally not at in the module that I'm running, but I also am trying to give as much freedom for those little details as I possibly can. And so I feel that that is like one of the things. So giving the players a reason to talk while they're taking watch on a few days travel. Fine. Giving players reasons to talk while they're coming down from the end. You know, like they're, if they're staring at the end and they're just coming down and they're all getting breakfast, giving them a reason, a reason to allow them to talk before going into the next bit of story. Like if they could talk for like 10, 15 minutes, then let them talk. Like if you got a group of five players and they haven't just talked to each other as characters, then they, like some of the players may be feeling a little bit antsy and want to really get in. And also to allow the group to become a group. You don't want to hang out with a person you've never talked to. And the same thing happens in D&D. Like the player characters technically kind of don't know each other. So the players themselves don't know their character. And they may not feel the 
need to make them a solid human being. And that happens. And honestly, not every group is going to want that. Some groups are going to want to go the Pathfinder route. Loot. Sell the loot. Get better equipment. Go find better loot. <laughs> you know, like that's the Pathfinder was built on the idea like that was that was pretty much all of Pathfinder. And if you think about that that just like play cycle, that that's a lot of games. A lot of games have different things. Some games are more about the characters, other games are less about the characters. Some games are a good little mix. If you feel that your party would enjoy that, give them a space. Give them a place. Put them at an inn where they just get to talk for like a half an hour. Like they actually get dinner. Like, what do you talk about? And talk to your players too. Okay. I feel like I'm starting to go into other topics. And I'll save that for later. So let me just finish off my ramblings and get my ideas across at the player. You are sitting here with your GM and you don't really know what's about to come. As the GM, you shouldn't be in too much of a hurry and too stapled to the ground of the work that you put in because you don't know what the player is going to respond to. And sometimes the best reply is just relaxing and going you know that sounds like a good idea you should try it and see what happens feel free to freestyle the hell out of your D game and well have fun stay creative and stay awesome